I don't know whether you were aware, but um, Costa Mitchell at the beginning of the year had COVID extremely badly. Uh, he actually thought he was going to go home to be with Jesus. He didn't end up in hospital, but he was quite close to that. Uh, and unfortunately, he was going to come up this, this next week, but because of the increase in COVID, he is not going to come this week. We are uh, going to arrange some meetings online. We're going to do some Zoom meetings as the elders, and some people wanted to meet with him, and they will meet with him in Zoom. So just keep praying for the process as we look and see what God is doing amongst us uh, and what he's going to do in the future. Uh, remember, God has the last word. That's what uh, uh, the song sang and what uh, Eileen just emphasized. God has the last word. And the last word, I think, is uh, this table. This table of mercy, this table of grace. What does this, what does this table represent? This table represents the death, the burial, the resurrection the, the, the ascension and the glorification of Jesus. This is, this is the life of Jesus. We've sung songs and the songs have said, uh, we want to see Jesus. We want to see him high and lifted up. We want to see his train filling the temple as Isaiah uh, saw. But I want us today to see Jesus in the table. In this table of mercy, in this table of grace. Uh, I think in the... How great thou, which, which song did we sing? How, do we sing how great thou art? We sang how great, he bled and died for me. He bled and died for you. He took your sin, he took my sin. We were hopeless and without direction, we were lost. We were not a people and Jesus came and died for us. And we need to get excited by that. So this morning we're going to just come to the table. It's not going to be a full-blown preach. It's just going to be some sharing, some ramblings around this wonderful event of the cross, of his burial, his resurrection. And most of all, I love this thing. Let me just read it from the, from the scriptures so I don't get it wrong. For I receive, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive from the Lord... What I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took, took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me. So we're doing it in remembrance of him. We're remembering what he did for us. And then in verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And it wasn't it beautiful that we came to the end of that song. How we kind of uh, try to lift the roof off the house. Because he is coming again. He's coming again to take us home. To be with him. We will be in a new heavens, a new earth, and we'll have uh, bodies that don't ache and don't uh, uh, battle with, with, and, with sickness and, and sin and disease and all those things. Those will be a thing of, of the past. We will be with Jesus in his presence. So are you excited by that? That's 
our destiny. Our destiny is in Jesus. And so as I look at it, right at the end of the Gospel of John, we see uh, Peter has denied Jesus three times. And then there's this, and, he, and he's down and he's, you know, really, he, could, he, he was like beyond, beside himself with, with, with sorrow that he had let down his Savior. Imagine that. He had, he had denied Jesus. Jesus had died. And now he was feeling uh, discombobulated. He wasn't sure what to do, how to do it. And, and uh, suddenly Jesus raised, is raised from the dead. That's where we celebrate. Death no longer has the hold that it used to have. Death was never meant to be part of your story and my story. It was because of the sin of Adam and Eve and we inherited that. Because we were in Adam, but now we are in Christ. So isn't that exciting? So death no longer has that pull on us. And Peter experiences the resurrected Jesus. He experiences him. What a joy, what excitement. Just think of that. He saw him dying on the cross. And then a few days later, he sees Jesus is alive. There's a... A very strange thing that happens. Because uh, after the resurrection, what is Peter doing? What does he go and do? He actually goes fishing. He's experienced the resurrected Jesus and he goes fishing. He goes back to what he used to do before he met Jesus. He goes back and he goes and he fishes. And he's uh, still not catching much fish. He goes fishing. And commentators will, will ask, how can somebody who had witnessed the resurrection of the Lord, how could he go back fishing? Let's just think about Peter. Peter actually probably felt disqualified. He felt he'd been disqualified. Why? Because he had denied Jesus. He had said to Jesus, he was bold and courageous, and he said to Jesus, I will never, de- I will never de- deny you. I will always profess you as my Lord and my Savior. And like uh, a few instances, moments later, he's denying Jesus. And so he feels disqualified. But Jesus never gives up on any of us. Even when we let him down, even when we betray him, even when we sin, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, give up on us. And what does he do? He meets him on the Sea of Galilee. What does he do? He sets up a fire, a charcoal fire, it says. He sets up and he's getting ready for a fish fry. Imagine the privilege those people here, the chefs amongst us who love cooking, those Mauritians, they, 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 they love, uh, love food and wonderful paellas and prawns and fish and all that. And just, oh, it's nearly lunchtime. I must stop. Maybe we can get paella today for, for, for like, to dream, to dream. And so he is around a charcoal fire. He takes... Peter 
back to a little while earlier where he was around a charcoal fire where he had denied Jesus. And so he set it up again. He set up another charcoal fire. He's wanting to change Peter's memory. When Peter sees a charcoal fire, yes, he would remember where he denied him, but he would also remember that was where the Lord forgave him. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? I think the, the what do you call it, all the neuroscientists and the neuro, the, not the, those coaching people, they try and take you back sometimes to uh, those places in your life. And they, and they say, Jesus is with you there. And they try and recalibrate your, your pathways in your brain. Jesus was doing that with Peter. He doesn't want Peter stuck with the memory of where I let Jesus down, where I failed. He doesn't want you to stay in that place. He came to set you free. He came to set me free. So around the fire, what did he do? Three times, Peter says, I love you. Three times, Peter says, I love you. Jesus asks, do you love me more than these? He says, I love you. I love you. He says it three times. He denied him three times. He said, I love you three times. That's a picture of what God is doing with all of us. gives us hope. It gives us hope because we get forgiven. I don't have to be stuck in the past. Think of some of the things that you maybe have done which you kind of get stuck in. Remember what you did and you, and you, and you uh, messed up and you, and, you, and you got it completely wrong and you denied your Savior. And you, and you, when I went, I had this period in my life where I just thought I didn't need my Savior anymore. And I would go to the nightclub and I would go up to the top of the Maharani and there was a, I would, beautiful, it's high up and I, beautiful, you'd look over the, over the ships and you would see the ships on the sea and you would look back towards Kloof. And trying to be a big deal and trying to almost forget God. Almost run away from him. That's what I was trying to do. But he had my number. He had my name. And he, he wouldn't let me rest. I actually thought about God more on top of the Maharani than I did about all the other stuff. And he drew me back. And he drew Peter back. Peter was out fishing. And Peter saw that uh, there was somebody doing a fish fry. And I think John said, could that be the Lord? When he saw that it was the Lord, what did he do? He, he, he jumped out the boat and he swam across to be with Jesus. He saw Jesus. And he could move forward because from that point on, after Jesus, after he replied, I love you, I love you, I love you, Jesus said, feed my sheep. He commissioned him. So it was... Uh, in the beginning, he felt disqualified. At the end, he felt called. And what, is, what was the key moment in his life? The key, key moment was a fresh fish bry. Had a beautiful fish bry. Wasn't that beautiful? He had that with Jesus. Food is an important part of our lives. 
Isn't it? I'll get an amen there. Surely, surely I get an amen. Good food. And so, today, you might think you are disqualified. And outside of Jesus, yes, we are all disqualified. But if you have put your hand up and you have said, I'm going to follow Jesus. If you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is the Lord and the Savior, then you are saved and then you are walking with Him. And then you are called to follow Him. And so that's why I thought today, all I would do is just come, we would come to the table. We would come to this table of mercy, this table of grace. And we would eat and drink the body and the blood of Jesus. So, if you remember on the road to Emmaus, those disciples were walking with Jesus and he was giving this beautiful Bible study. They were disappointed because the Lord had been crucified. And they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. But at the breaking of bread, their eyes were opened and they saw Jesus. And everything changed from then. From being a bit downhearted and dispirited, they ran back to Jerusalem. They ran fast with good news. I want you to know today, we have the greatest news ever. That Jesus has risen from the dead. Isn't that beautiful? He has risen from the dead. And so if you're feeling disqualified, if you're feeling that your sins are too great, that is not true. Jesus died for all your sins, past, present, and future. They're all taken care of. They're all taken care of. And the life that we now live, I want to live a life which is pleasing to God, which brings glory and honor to His name. And I thank God for that grace, the grace of God which allows me to say no to sin and yes to Him and to walk in holiness, to walk separate. I think that was, that was your word, Zulani, hey? That we separated, that we, we live differently. As believers, we are different because of Jesus. So let's pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up as well. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your body. Broken for us. Broken that we might have life. We thank you for the blood shed for us. Which cleanses us from all our sins. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross that... We died with Jesus on the cross. And He took our sin. And we got His righteousness. What a beautiful exchange. That we got the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. And so I thank you for the saints that meet you today. The saints of God. Those who are called by His name. Those who have been separated for Him. All of us sitting here. We love you, Jesus. And we just want to declare that. We want to declare that now. We want to declare that we love you. Just whisper out, we love you, Jesus.
We love you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you died for me. Thank you, Jesus, that I died with you. Thank you, Jesus, that I rose with you. I thank you for your life in me. I thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven. I thank you, Lord, that I am no longer disqualified. But I am called. And I am called a child of God. That we are the children of God. That we are the family of God that meet you. So I'm going to ask you just to come to the table. And we'll have to keep the social distancing a little bit. Come to the table. And as you come and as you eat and drink the, the, the body and the, and the blood, I am asking that the Lord would give you a new revelation of Jesus. That you would go from this place so excited because He rules and reigns and He loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Come to the table of mercy. As we've come to the table, as we've come to the table of mercy and grace, what we have enacted here and what we have seen is a demonstration, is the demonstration of God's love for you and I. This shows, this table shows how much He loves us. For while we were yet sinners, He died. That's how great His love for us was. He didn't wait to get, for us to get our act together. He just said, I love you and came and died for us. So just know that today, beloved. Know that today. Know that what we've done today is more powerful and more important than anything else we could have done. We've come and feasted on the body and blood of Jesus. And we have resurrection power now welling up within us. We've been, that love has been shed abroad in our hearts. And we are called We are called to take that love wherever we go. So go, go, beloved, in the love of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.